Well, Mom, it's good to see everybody. Welcome. Glad you're here. I know you're joining us from lots of places, Edgewood Campus, the Abingdon Campus, the uh, Bel Air Campus, Mountain Road Campus, online, wherever you are. Glad you're here. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you, if you follow me on social media, you already know this, but on Christmas Day, uh, my family and I decided to have a little fun at my wife's expense, which we often do. I know that makes you think less of me, but it was so much fun, I got to tell you. So um, so we had these two dogs, a lot of you know, and these dogs died. Aww. And so I says to Carla, man, we got to get a new dog. Let's get a new dog. Let's get a new dog. Let's get a new dog. She's like, no, uh, no, we can't do that right now. It just doesn't work. And, you know, when kids are gone, it's like, no, can't do it. And I was like, come on. No, no, no. So dead in the water on the dog thing. All right. So she didn't say anything, however, about a pig. So we have good friends here in the church, Rich and Cindy Truax, who just so happen to have a pig. And so on Christmas Day, we arranged. The kids uh, snuck mom out of the house and then went on some goose chase. And then I brought Miss Bacon, the name of the pig, into the house. Dressed her up like a reindeer, uh, they did. And uh, so then we brought Carla home, and we just said, hey, we had a little family meeting. We decided, we, you said we couldn't have a dog, but we did the next best thing, and this is what happened. Yeah, hi, Mr. <laughs> what in the world? They're so easy to take care of. And they there is a pig in our house. You can leave, you can leave it for, for long periods of time. We'll just, we'll just cut it there because for the next five minutes, that's all she does. It says, there's a pig in her house. There's a pig in her house. So uh, just so you uh, know, the most surprising part about this is that she still likes me. But we, uh, we did send the pig home that night. And uh, hey, uh, thank you, Truaxes, for Miss Piggy. We enjoyed borrowing her for the day. Uh, so, But we've been talking about surprises, right? Surprise the world. Surprises are fun when they, they cause you to kind of Notice something. It's like, there's a pig in my kitchen. Um, they, they draw your attention. They turn your head, don't they? they? They force you to sort of pay attention to something you wouldn't otherwise notice. And then we've just been stepping back to say, hey, think about it. Jesus was totally surprising. Everything about him, the way he came, and is it more surprising than a pig in a house? It's like the way he taught, the way he lived, the way he died, and he rose back again. And now Jesus is calling you and me to live a surprising life as well. To live in such a way that it would turn ahead, that it would cause someone to say, wow, that's different. What's going on? What in the world? To be enough like Jesus in your life that you could surprise the world. So I hope this is more than a series of messages for you. I hope this is like a gut check for you where you will just honestly ask yourself, is there anything about my life because of the way I'm trying to be like Jesus in my life? that would cause anyone to notice or to be curious. You say, why do they do that? Why doesn't she do that? Because we're, we're called not to blend in, but to stand out, to be a little odd for God in a good way that would draw people, and then we'll be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within us. That's how it works. And all that sounds kind of super hard and daunting and overwhelming and all that, but it, we remind ourselves, look, it's not, it's not as hard as we make it out to be. It doesn't mean you, you know, to be on a mission for God doesn't mean you got to, you know, stand on the street corner with a bullhorn and bash someone over the head with a Bible. Really, it just, we've talked about five simple habits that every single one of us can bring into our lives. And if you do these things, borrowed right from the life of Jesus, 
You put these in your life, it'll shape who you are, and you will start surprising the world. You just will. So these habits are, are pretty cool, and I just I want to encourage you, even though I won't be here to remind you every week about them, I hope you will keep these with you, and that there'll be something, you'll hang on to these and try to make them part of your life. I hope you will. You remember what the five habits are? The first letter spells the word what? Bells. Bells, we do them in that order. It doesn't matter what order you do them in. It's actually known as not two S's. It's bells, not blessed. Bells. So what's the B stand for? Bless. That's what it spells. Bless first, right? And bless is just, I just hope you will continue to have your blessing radar up. And like, who is God calling you to um, give a good word to? Or an act of kindness or a gift or some kind of special attention that could be a real blessing to them in their life, even though the series is over. You remember our Easter offering went not only to plant a couple of new churches, in one in Kenya and one in Delaware, but also we took the remainder and we've been applying them to Sir Blessings right here at home. Uh, if you remember back on Easter, how many of you remember Ringo? Remember Ringo? We introduced on Easter in the video, right? The guy from Afghanistan, we're helping resettle. Okay, so he's here. I want to update you. Good news is uh, Ringo got his Social Security card. Ringo passed his driver's test. Ringo can now drive his car to work. And Ringo was here at Mountain last weekend. So that's good news. We're encouraged about that. And then every week, we've been just kind of like sur-blessing people and catching a little bit of it on video, and this is the last installment for this series, so watch the screen. the whole roof. The tree damage fell, caused a lot of holes in the roof. So you know we're fixing the roof, replacing the roof, and insurance is covering that. However, yeah, they are, Alan's on it. So, but here's the deal. You know we're doing this surprise the world thing? We're, yep. we're doing these sir blessings. Yep. We're surprising people with blessings. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So, here's the deal. Yep. Through through Mountain, yep. Yep. and through Alan and the generosity of him and his company, yep. We're just doing the roof. We're going to take the insurance money, some other money, and 
We're going to replace these carpets with some nice hard floors that you can roll around on a lot better. Oh my Does that goodness. sound good? Awesome. So we're going to get get the carpet out of here, uh, get some hardwoods in here, and make it make it even more um, wheelchair accessible. Just bless you guys with some new floors. Does that sound good? Good. Alan, you want to say anything more about that? I, I felt so badly keeping this from you and not, and trying to, you know, dodge things with you and all, but that's because we were doing all this and we wanted to be able to surprise you. Thank you so much. We love you guys. God loves you. You know this. And your mountain family loves you. And uh, we need you to be rolling around at full speed. Okay, bud? Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. So we'll get that done after we get the roof done. And, um, All right. Great. You know, it's not always the big splashy stuff either, guys, is it? It's sometimes just a little thing done with great love that really makes the impact. And I promise you, if you will put this in a habit and part of your life where you start trying to figure out who is God calling me to bless this week, it'll not just impact others, it'll shape who you are. And that's how you surprise the world, okay? So bless is the first habit. Back to our habits. We got five of them. First one is bless. What's the next one? Eat. You always say that with so much enthusiasm. That's right. Eat. Eat is good. It's, it's, it's just like Jesus did. He shared his table and, and, and sat down with people because people are hungry, not just for food, but for friendship and who knows what else. So eating is powerful. It breaks down barriers. What's next? What's the L stand for? Learn is the next one. Learn where we're going to just learn from Jesus to truly follow him in intimacy and obedience. Remember, we're going to backswing and follow through. Do what he says. Listen to what he's saying and, and then do it. And then what's the other L? Last week was listen, where we just get good at hearing God's spirit, where he's saying to us things about what we can do in, in what he's already doing in people's lives that we can help with. And then the final S today stands for sent. That's correct. Sent is the last one today, realizing that your life has purpose, that you are sent as a missionary of God, whose job it is to point people to God and to, so they will be aware of what he's already doing in their life. Sent, bless, eat, learn, listen, sent. These are the habits. You ring that bell and you will surprise the world. I believe today is going to be a very special day for us. And I hope it will be for you a kind of important spiritual marker moment, okay? Because we're going to do more than just talk about being sent today. We're going to allow ourselves to be sent. And there's a big difference. It's different than talking about it. We're going to be sent. I think if Jesus were here in the flesh, he'd send you. And that's what we're going to do, Okay? We had a baptism service, some of you remember, a few weeks back, right? We had these tanks at every service. We talked about baptism, and God really touched the hearts of some people who responded in the moment. They came in their clothes, and they got baptized, hundreds of us, right? It was powerful. I think today is going to be one of those kinds of days where we're going to have an opportunity at the end of the service to actually be commissioned, to say, I think God is asking me to be a friend here or to unleash love there or to name that mission field, those people or that family, whatever it is in your life where you think God might be kind of sending you so that you're sent. And we'll have an opportunity to do that because it's a way, it's a way of um, like, I like how one author says it. It's like, it's like you're a movie trailer for God. <laughs> you know what a movie trailer is, right? 
Yeah, it's like the preview. You, 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 go, to, you go to the movie trailer, and, and they, they pull out some good stuff, and they put it in there, some great scenes and some action shots and whatever. And if a movie trailer does its job, when you're done watching the trailer, what do you say? I want to go see that. I want to go see that movie. Some of you saw Avengers because you saw the trailer, and you're like, oh, it's going to be good. i got to go. And you're a movie trailer for God. To, to, to have your life be such a way that there's little bits and clips and just pieces that would make people say, oh, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to be around those people. I'd like to go to the planet where that guy's from. That's what you are, a movie trailer for God. And how do you do that then? You just, by the way you bless and eat and hang and listen to God, what he's saying to you. Now, we're talking about the, the last habit, scent. And I know for some of you, this has been bothering you from the beginning. There's a grammatical difference in the way scent comes across. And some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't care. And some of you are like, I'm so glad you're talking about this because there's a grammatical difference in these. Remember, the first four are like, they're active, present, they're verbs. They're present verbs. I bless, I eat, I learn, I listen. Then we get to this last one. It's like, I scent. Oh, that bugs me. It's not parallel. Oh, that's wrong. Let me tell you what, the reason that's there is that it's on purpose. And that's, here's the reason. The last habit is not meant to point to an activity that you do, but an identity. It's who you are. We are the sent people of God. If, listen, if you are a Christian, you are a missionary. A missionary is not some sort of like special category of people who get sent off to the, to the jungles. If you're a Christ follower at all, you're sent. It's just absolutely the way it is. And so there's two huge questions. I want to talk to God's people today. And I know there's some other people who aren't yet signed on with Jesus. You're not sure where you are in your faith. That's okay. I'm so glad you're here. Keep hanging and listen because today you're going to get a good feel for what it would look like to be a Christian. I'm talking to God's people now. God's people, if you follow Christ, if you've been given opportunity to follow Jesus, there are two huge questions you must have absolute crystal clarity on. And if you do, it will change the trajectory of your life. Here they are. Number one, do you believe you are a missionary sent by God? Number two... If you say yes to that one, then number two is, what's your mission field? And these two questions are so important, and we're going to try to help each other get at them today. I'll try to help you get an answer to that. What Do you believe that God calls you as a missionary? You're sent by Jesus. Do you believe, number, do you believe that? Number two, if so, what's your mission field? So where do you go for answers for that? Well, first you start with God, okay? Guess what? God is a missionary God. God didn't just create and then step back and watch. God created and then loved, and then he sent his only son, Jesus, who left and came. God's a missionary God. Then look at the life of Jesus himself. Jesus came here in the flesh, and he like called people to himself. He gathered people. Follow me. Let's go over there. Follow me. Follow me. But as soon as he gathered them, guess what he did? He sent them every single time. Every time Jesus calls anyone to gather toward him, it's for the purpose of sending them. He doesn't just gather us to hold on to us and love us and pat us on the head so we can live in a safe little Christian bubble. Everyone Jesus calls, he sends. Don't believe me? Look in the Bible. 
Remember the first people he ever called, those disciples, they were fishermen by the sea, right? He walks by the Sea of Galilee. He walks by the Sea of Galilee, and there they are. He's like, hey, guys, some of you know this passage. He's like, hey, I know you're fishermen. I call you to follow me. I want to make you what? Fishers of men. Follow me. I gather, and then I send. Now you go out and go fishing for some people instead of fish. And there it is. Once you start noticing it, it's everywhere. So don't believe me? Look in the Bible. Look in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. It says this in the first couple of verses. One day Jesus did what? Called together his 12 disciples. Get up around me. And then he gives them all this stuff. He gives them his power, his love, his authority to cast out, do all this amazing stuff. He gathers them. Guess what the very next thing he does is? Next verse. Then he sent them out. Not a long delay. They didn't go to 15 years of seminary. You know what? Ten minutes later, he's like, hey, welcome. Go. And there they went. And this is what happens. I love what he says to them in verse 3. If they're like, uh, now? Like, just go? And he's like, yeah, go. And take nothing for your journey. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, toothbrush, toothpaste, credit card, none of it. Just go. Because we often feel like, oh, I'm not ready. I don't have what it takes. I, I got to get some stuff. I got to be, uh, you know, if I'm going to do something for God, right? We, we're not ready. You got, Jesus is saying to us, you've got everything you need to do what I need you to do. If you think you're not ready, it's because you think it's all about you. It ain't about you. I'll give you the authority, the power. I'll open the conversations. I'm the only one who can move someone. I'm sending you. Your job is to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. Amen. Guess what happened in verse 6? They went. They set out and they went. Friends, Jesus called them, then he sent them, and they went. That is the Christian life. Jesus never called someone he didn't send. There is no such thing as a Christian who is not sent. Wow. You're sent. Let's be honest. This is kind of hard for us sometimes. It's kind of overwhelming. It's a little freaky. It's like, wow. And it feels hard for us, I think, if we're just completely honest, like living for God, being on mission, all that sounds intimidating and overwhelming. I think we have to ask why. Why, why is it hard for us? I think if we're honest, maybe one answer would be because we're scared. It sounds scary. What are we afraid of? Lots of things. We're afraid of doing it wrong. We're afraid of messing up. We're afraid that we don't have what it takes. We... We are afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of who knows what. Or maybe the answer is it's hard because we're busy. We got such a whirlwind of our lives that we don't have time for, for all of this. We get pulled off of mission a lot, don't we? Or, or maybe it's because we don't think we have anything to offer. We're like, I'm barely keeping my own head above water with God. How can I go be of help to someone else and their life with God? Or we're just... If we're completely honest, maybe we're just selfish. You know, it's like, I don't want to live for God and his kingdom. I want to live for me and my kingdom, if we're really honest. I'm really encouraged in a weird sort of way by the disciples in the Bible because they felt all these things, okay? These guys that were right there with Jesus, they still felt all the same things we feel. In fact, the ones who were closest to Jesus... He's the one who said, man, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again, I'm going to come back and send you out. And they're like, okay. And then he died and they freaked out. 
They went and they hid in an upper room. John 20 says they're hiding in an upper room. Like they're circling the wagons. Like, oh no, it's over. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And they're just, it's somehow we are Christians. We hide in our little Christian bubbles. We get fearful. It's like the scary world out there. I don't know what to do. And Jesus shows up to them and he appears to them just as I believe he is appearing to us and before you right now. This is what Jesus said to them and what I think he's saying to us. John chapter 20. Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. Chillax. I'm here. But he doesn't just hold on to him. As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, so now I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that this moment right now will be one of those moments where you will allow yourself to come close enough to Jesus that you could feel his breath on your face, like you could feel the Holy Spirit, like I think this is God. As you hear Jesus say, just as the Father sent me, I want you to know, I know exactly what you're afraid of, and I am sending you. I'm sending you. If you've been loved by Jesus, if you've been befriended by Jesus, if you've been graced by Jesus, if you've been blessed by Jesus, if you have received forgiveness of sins from Jesus, if you have accepted his avenue to eternal life in heaven through Jesus, then guess what? You're sent to help someone else be befriended by Jesus and blessed by Jesus and loved by Jesus and graced by Jesus and forgiven of sins and given the opportunity for eternal life as well. You're sent. And so the question is, do you believe it? Do you believe you're a missionary sent by God? And if I can at least get you to say, well, I guess, but you're telling me, it's what the Bible says. If I can get you to say that much, then the only question left is, so where's your mission field? Let's get started. Where's your mission field? Where's your mission field? Where can you live every day on mission? If I can get everyone right now to reach in front of them, and there's some cards in the, in the seat back in front of you, if you would grab those cards, grab a whole bunch and pass them on the row. I want everyone to have one in your hand just for a minute. I want you to see this thing. I'll wait a minute while everyone gets a card, okay? Take a look at that card. On the back, it says, share your story. That's a great opportunity. If you've got something you want to share, we'd love to hear it. There's a place to send it in. We'd just love to hear those stories. I want to draw your attention to the front part where it says commissioning card right there. And I want to encourage every single person to grab a writing utensil and in the next few minutes be filling this whole card out, okay? I don't care who you are. You might be brand new to the church. You might be an old crusty veteran. But you've got a name. You can write your name in there. And it's a place where it says you're ready to surprise the world in your mission field and it invites you to name your mission field. I'm going to invite everyone to kind of think now for a minute. What's my mission field? Now, here's the deal. Some of you are ready for that. You're like, so excited. You're like, call on me. Oh, 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 I want to tell you because you want to blur it out. You walked in here knowing your mission field or you figured it out in the last five minutes. You're like, I already know where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. It's like, I'm a teacher. It's my school. I, 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 I'm a parent in a homeschool co-op and that's, that's my area where I think I'm supposed to hang out and be there with people. I'm, it's my grandkids because their parents don't give them a lot of spiritual guidance. I know that's my mission field. Or it's my coworkers at the construction company where I work. Or it's the back right lunch table in my school cafeteria. Or it's Thursday morning McDonald's. Or it's three kids on my team. Or, you know, it's 
soccer parents that I'm spending hours with as we go to tournaments and stand on sidelines. It's my family. Some of you know, and you have clarity around it, and God bless you, because those are the people. It makes it easier once you know. Those are the people you're going to be thinking, how can I bless them, or how can I eat maybe a meal there, or listen to what God is saying about their life and mine. I just want to encourage you. Write that on the card. Be as specific as you can. And in a little while, we'll have an opportunity to just say, you go. And we're going to pray for you and encourage you and bless you and send you in Jesus' name to do whatever he wants you to do. Here's, here's what I also know. I know some of you are stuck. You're a little overwhelmed. You're like, good grief. I just wanted to come and listen to a sermon. Now he's telling me I'm a missionary. It's like, good grief. <laughs> or you're like, I kind of want to, but I'm clueless on what to put in the blank. It's okay. Don't sweat it. But let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. And don't be afraid to just write the thing that you have a hunch about. Some of you are stuck. You're like, I don't know. This seems so hard. It's not that hard. Let me give you a series of questions that will help you figure out what you're going to write there. And you start writing whenever you're ready. Maybe write a question mark. Is that it? Scratch it out. Write the right one. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Here's a series of questions. Here's how you know where your mission field is. Some of these questions might help. First of all, where are you already? Where are you already? Where do you have access? Like your neighborhood, your street, your cul-de-sac, your workplace, your school, a club, whatever. A team where God can use you. That's where you have access in a unique way that maybe no one else really does. It's people you know. Sometimes I think Christ calls us to pack up and move far away, get on a plane, and go be a missionary somewhere else. Great, I believe he does that. I know he does. But you know what? For the vast majority of us, God's calling you to be a missionary right where you already are. It's just that we haven't thought about those places as a mission field before. Because you are sent. And you're a missionary. So are you in a club? Are you on a team? Are you in the band? That's your access. That's your avenue. Cancer support group, grief share, biker group. Do you play ultimate frisbee? Are you in a knitting group? Yeah. <laughs> Do you go birding with a bunch of people with hat and goggles? Do you hang around with t-ball people, soccer clinic, yoga class, craft beer club? What is it? Chess? Dads who stand around and watch their kids dance or play futsal, rotary club, arena club, the Y, hiking club, cul-de-sac apartment complex? I don't know, but you probably do by now. Where are you already? And here's the thing. You don't have to, like, get in there and save everybody. That's not the point. Just go bless some people. Hang out, love, and live them. We're just trying to help people no matter how many millions of miles away they are from God or very close to Jesus. It doesn't matter. Just help everyone just kind of take a step in the good direction. And the way you do that is, is, is bells. Greg Finke says it's some, maybe all they need is a friend who listens. Do that. Maybe all they need is a friend who isn't always in a hurry. Do that. Are, are, are they just ready to know that they're not alone? That would be a great step toward God, believe it or not. Or that their guilt could be forgiven. Or that their story is actually more beautiful than they think. Or that there's a better way to live than they're settling for. Or that they're maybe ready for just grace. Like, man, there is such a thing as great. I don't know what it is. Just help them take their next step. Whatever it might be. That's how you know. Here's another question for you to help you figure it out. Who do you love? Ask yourself that. Now you're like, well, I'm a Christian. I love everybody. It's like, no, you don't. Stop with that. 
Half the people drive you crazy. You know that. It's like who you're drawn to. Like you already like have an affinity there. It's like some people think they're so, Christians are so dorky. It's like, well, I can't stand that guy. That must be my mission field. It's like, no. The Bible says just brush the dust off your feet. Go where the door's open. Who are you drawn to? Where, you know, who, who is it? I love, somebody says, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but my heart just breaks for middle school students. When I was, I was in middle school, I was so messed up. I just, I wish there was a way I could help them. It's like, okay, we're on to something. Or maybe it's seniors. Or ex-cons. Or single moms. I don't know. People with dementia. Well, who, here, here's the question. Where is God breaking your heart? Where's the nudge? Where's the tug? Pay attention. Listen. Learn. Here's another one. Who would be easy to befriend? Who would be easy to befriend? Like that neighbor, you know, or friend, or golfing buddy, or bowling pal. Or this one. Who's a neighbor who has made the warmest welcome? They're in your little area. Maybe they live near you, but they've made the warmest welcome of you. They're like, you always find yourself talking by the mailbox, or you trade tools, and it's all good. It's like something there. God's at work already. He's opening the door. Maybe that's your mission field. Just be a friend. See what happens. Do you believe God has sent you as a missionary? If I can get you to say... I guess, then the only question left is where's your mission field? You got something on that card yet? Write it down. Put your little hand on a little pen and write something down. You'll be glad you did. Andy McNeely, Andy McNeely is a mountain boy. He grew up here at Mountain in our church here, student ministries. His family's been at Mountain for like generations Great kid, went off to college at Milligan College, kind of fell in love with God even deeper there, says, I want to go into ministry. He's done some work in church stuff, but now he's doing something completely different. He and his wife, Janet, have decided they want to launch a brand new church. Are you out of your mind? Yes. Okay. He wants to launch a brand new church in Baltimore City, and we are, Mountain is a church planning church. We're all in with this. We're fina- Your gifts are financially supporting this church, and we're going to pray with them and be ready to help and support them. I've asked Andy to come here today. Here's a picture of his family, Janet and his boys, and they're just his amazing family. And uh, he does this everyday missionary thing we're talking about better than anybody I know. And I just wanted to come and encourage you, but also so we can encourage him as they get ready to launch this new church out in Baltimore. And I'll tell you what, we're a church planning church, so when we have a church planner come in, we make heroes out of them. We say they're awesome, and we love them to death. And when they're our own homegrown mountain people, we go ballistic. Give it up for Andy McNeely. There we are. Thanks. Well, it's good to be here uh, back home at Mountain. It was my family and this church when I was a kid growing up that set me and my family on this trajectory to become everyday missionaries. And Today, my wife and I are church planners in Baltimore City at Front Porch Christian Church, and our mission field uh, is the 22 neighborhoods of the York Road Corridor. I'm going to throw a map up here for you. This is in the city, and uh, this two-mile stretch of York Road, you can see um, some of the incredible disparity up here on the screen and just read some of those statistics. Did you know that in the United States, 14% of our population lives below $25,000 a year? In Harford County, that number is half, it's 7%. On the York Road Corridor, in these 22 neighborhoods, 25% of my neighbors live on less than $25,000 a year. And on the other side of the street, 25% of my neighbors live on more than $100,000 a year. So every day, my neighbors wake up, and I wake up, and we look across York Road, and we see people who are living a drastically different life than we could even imagine 
And that's where God has called my family onto mission uh, to join Jesus in tearing down the walls of segregation and disparity in our city and building bridges across York Road in a way that only the good news of Jesus Christ is capable of doing. You know, it's cool to see how God has shaped and crafted my story. I grew up in Bel Air, like many of you all are from Bel Air. Um, I grew up in Bel Air, went to Bel Air High School, go Bobcats. And uh, as a kid, um, I just never imagined this would be where I am, but God uniquely shaped and crafted my story, my children, my wife, who's a nurse, and she, uh, God made all of us uniquely to be the perfect missionaries to our neighbors on York Road Quarter. You know what the cool thing is? God uniquely made you to be the best missionary to your neighbors and to your coworkers and to your family. He made you in a way that is different from everybody else and you are unique and God wants to send you out on mission. As we begin to pray that God will open up our eyes and help us to see as missionaries, to begin to see the world like he does, It's really cool how God shows you, this is where I'm already at work and this is where I want you to join me. And God just puts all these surprising uh, opportunities in our midst. I wanna tell you a story about Mama Jessie. Mama Jessie's this incredible woman who lives on the east side of York Road. She lives at the top of this hill looking down on a bus stop where one day she saw a bunch of her neighbors standing in the cold rain in a mud puddle. And Jessie is a good missionary and a good neighbor. She loves and cares for. She's present enough to know what's going on in her neighborhood. And she just couldn't have neighbors standing in the rain. So Jessie went to um, some abandoned lots in our community and she found a bunch of scrap pieces of wood and some old pieces of a bed. And she built this bus stop for her neighbors. It's a beautiful bus stop. It just sticks out and people love it. And uh, people call her the bus stop lady or they call her Mama Jessie. But Mama Jessie one day was out and she was doing what has become her normal practice. And she was out picking up trash around her uh, bus stop. And as she's picking up trash, she heard the voice of this young man who was sitting at the bus stop and sitting there on the bench. And he said, do you know who built this? this, uh, Where did this bus stop come from? She said, well, I built this bus stop for you. And he said, this place has become a refuge for me. See, in his neighborhood, in his household, sometimes chaotic things would happen. And he said, this is the place where I come to clear my head, to calm down and to get away from it all. And inside of the bench, you open it up and there's lots and lots of free books that Jesse puts in there, including lots of Bibles and a book of Psalms. And he said that he would sit there and he would thumb through and read some of these Psalms and that would help him calm down. You see, Jesse took very seriously uh, this idea of following who Jesus was and doing what he did. In John 1.14, Jesus is described as the word, and it says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Isn't that cool, that rich imagery? And that's what Jesse does. She has moved into her neighborhood with Jesus on, and she is showing people by being fully present to her neighbors. Missionaries live in a different, uh, a different posture, in a different way. If you know any missionaries from overseas, sometimes you look at their lifestyle and you're like, that is very weird. That's, that's, that's just different. I don't know how they do that. In our culture today, we're taught that there's only a certain amount of jobs, a certain amount of money, a certain amount of time. And we're taught to kind of cling and scrape and fight for as much as we can get and then to hold it tightly, right? But this is a posture of scarcity, And in the kingdom of heaven, my friends, there is abundance, great abundance to all who enter into the kingdom of heaven. And we need to start living like this. You know, Jesus 
set for us an incredible example of what it's like to live out of the abundance of the kingdom. Over and over and over again, Jesus, who was a poor, jobless, homeless, single dude, right? Not the epitome of what we think of when we think of wealth. And yet Jesus shared and Jesus loved and Jesus fed thousands of people and Jesus made time to get on his knees and sit and listen to children, right? Jesus taught us what it was like to have abundance. So when my wife and I moved into Baltimore City, we decided that we were gonna start living open-handed with everything that we had, with our time, our money, our energy, our hearts. And we started mentoring this little boy named Jalen. I wanna show you a picture of Jalen. This is Jalen with my boys. Um, We decided that, you know, God had given us enough time, even though church planting is exhausting and it takes 24, seven, 365, we knew that God has given us an abundance of time. And so we found an hour to start reading with Jalen. And then that turned into us signing him up and getting him on the soccer team that I coach. And then, you know, hanging out with him, bringing him to our home. Yesterday, they had a water, water balloon battle in our yard. You know, Jalen goes to a school on the east side of York Road, just a short walk from my home, where less than 5% of students are reading or doing math at the level they're supposed to be at, less than 5% of students. And because of the chaos in Jalen's neighborhood and the chaos in his family, he's a third grade boy reading at a kindergarten level. And you know what? I've got time for that kid, you know? And you do too. You have the time to give Missionaries choose to live open-handed with what we have, with our time, our money, with our hearts, in order to become good news to kids like Jalen. And we believe, my wife and I do, that it's the love of Jesus that will keep Jalen from picking up a gun and ending up in prison like his brother. It will keep Jalen from becoming another senseless homicide statistic like so many on his street have become. Only the good news of Jesus Christ is possible uh, to, to make something like that happen. You know, our name is Front Porch Christian Church, and we practice these bells things. My wife and I have been practicing them for a few years now, and we decided that the L for listen, that we were gonna listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and just let him tell us what we should name this church. And it's a good thing, because we came up with some pretty bad ones in the midst of all this, right? But uh, God revealed to us that up and down the York Road corridor, whether it be a million-dollar mansion on the west side or a $10,000 row home on the east side, all of our neighbors have front porches and everybody has a soft spot in their heart or an incredibly fond memory of the front porch. Um, And so even our neighbors who can't be on their front porches because there's bullets whizzing by or hypodermic needles on their doorstep, um, they still have this longing to return to the front porch. And so we've adopted this new type of lifestyle. We call it front porch living. And when you think of front porch living, right, you think of just kind of hanging out with some sweet tea, rocking in a chair on your front, front porch, right? It's the opposite of how most of us live, right? We're so daggone busy. We are so overwhelmed. We are living these hurried lives where we're ignoring our neighbors and rushing from thing to thing. And when we do that, we miss out on the mission. Jesus was about people. He made time for people. We have to stop being so busy. You know, when, when we're so busy, we, we just blend into the background like Ben was saying. That's not surprising to anyone. Being busy is not good news for you. It is not good news for your family. And it is certainly not good news to your neighbor. So stop being busy. Guys, begin to adopt a new posture of lifestyle. And you can steal this idea from us. Um, tonight, we're having another dinner at our home. We call it Dinner with Neighbors. So you can even name it that. It's pretty simple. Nobody comes to my house 
uh, with expectations of anything more than what the name is. We're having dinner together and that's what we do. And what God has done is he's brought together people from 18 of these 22 neighborhoods, people who are living drastically different lives and would never sit in the same room together. And God, through his good news, has brought them to the table to eat a meal together. And tonight we're gonna do it again. And and it is incredibly good news to people. We wanna begin, uh, we wanna continue living like that. We wanna continue living this front porch lifestyle. And so um, Mountain has supported us in so many ways and come alongside of us. And even from my childhood and, and bringing me up in such a way. And so thank you for being a part of that. It means means the world to us. Um, I would like for you guys to check out our website. It's frontporchbaltimore.org. You can get um, some information on there and you can connect with us, sign up for the newsletter, that kind of thing. But I wanna challenge this, uh, offer this challenge to you. Perhaps you know someone, probably all of us do, who lives in the city. Or maybe you know someone who lives in Towson. That's just four miles north of us. Um, Would you connect them to us and let us know? Perhaps they are being called onto mission with us, or maybe you're called to move. Um, That would be incredible. But all of you can be praying for us. You can join us in praying and just lifting up the York Road Corridor and our neighbors and and know that we appreciate it. And um, it's it's an honor to be here today. So thank you. Amen. Amen. I just want to reiterate what Andy is saying. we are not only going to support with our dollars and our prayers from a distance. If you know someone nearby, get them to this church, hook them up, or maybe you yourself need to just go hang out with them for a year or two or move there or be part of it. Maybe that's your mission field and what's on your card or, or what's coming. So uh, get in touch with them. Again, it's frontporchbaltimore.org or .com. And uh, this isn't the last you're going to see of Andy. Launch day officially for the church, even though there's a lot going on right now. Uh-huh. Launch day officially is September 16th, so mark that and remember that, and let's kind of aim for it. One more time, let's show our love and appreciation to Andy. Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you so much. All right, so just reminder, what Andy and Janet are doing is exactly what every Christ follower is called to do. They're just doing bells. That's it. So what's your mission field? Grab that card. Grab that card, please. And as we're filling this card out, you know, I, I have this image of like um, the guy from the Bible in the Old Testament named Isaiah. Isaiah had an encounter with God. He felt God getting close. He saw a vision, and, it, and it, he wasn't drawn to it at all. It made him want to run the other way. He says, I'm completely outclassed and outdone. I don't belong here. I'm not clean. I live amongst a bunch of people who are not clean. And he wanted to run the other way. And I, I just have a hunch that a lot of us maybe feel the same way. Like we're just like, you are sensing that God is really speaking to you, but you're like, ah, maybe wanting to back off a little bit. I got so many problems of my own. I don't know how I could be a missionary. Or I'm kind of clueless. I'm too new at this. That's exactly how Isaiah felt. Overwhelmed, outclassed, undone. But God sent an angel to him, and he sent Jesus Christ to you to do the same thing, to redeem, cleanse, fix, and say, I want to use you anyway. And then God asks this question of Isaiah and of you today, Isaiah 6, 8. Here's all God wants to know. Whom should I send to these people? Who will go? Who will go? 
That's what God wants to know. Who? Who's going to go? Someone else or who? And this Isaiah, this trembling, humble, but obedient servant, stepped forward. And in the next verse, he just he says, here I am. Send me. You can send me, God. I'll go. Me and all my meanness. Friends, I pray that that's what you'll say today. That you will hear the voice of God say, who will go? And as he leans in to answer, that you'll hear your own voice echo back to him. Here I am. Send me. Let this card help you have a moment today with God. Your name is there. Write it in there. It's your way of saying, here I am. God knows your name. You tell him, here I am. And then it says, I'm ready to surprise the world in my mission field of. And that's where you're invited to write that mission field. Those people, that place where God's calling you to be present and unleash some love. Write it down. That's your way of saying, send me. And can I encourage you to be as specific as you can be? Don't be vague like I'm going to be nice to people. But something really concrete and specific, like a name or a place or specific as you can. I want to urge you to fill out that card. And another, another blank says, buy. And that's like if you know how you're supposed to do it and what you're supposed to do, great. Write it in there. If you don't, just leave it blank. God will make it clear over time. Fill out that card, and I think everyone can do this. Everyone can do this. All right. In just a moment, we're going to have a minute, an opportunity to be commissioned to simply step forward in this meaningful moment, and we have these commissioners who are just going to be positioned around the perimeter of all of our campuses. In fact, right now, commissioners, those guys with gals with lanyards on, and, and would you take your places right now, please? Just kind of go around the perimeter. People can start seeing where you are and figure out where they're going to go. And these are the people, you're just going to go up to them, and they're going to, you're going to hand them your card, and they'll just glance at it, warmly receive you, and then just simply bless, commission, encourage, and if you're open to it, anoint your head or your hand, if you're more comfortable, with oil as a way of sending you out in the power of God to do this great work, okay? So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray, and as soon as I am done praying, we'll move into the time of commissioning where you can come, okay? So will you join me in prayer? God, we, we come before you and we want to find those words of Isaiah's in our own mouths. Here I am, God. I'm ready to be sent. So move us, God, just like you moved Jesus out of heaven to come among us. Move us beyond our own problems and pain to, to, the, to the opportunity to bless the world. Move us out of our seats if that's what's needed now. Move us according to your will, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my friends, so here's how it works. You're gonna, we're all going to stand in just a moment. We're, we're singing, and, uh, and then you'll go to one of these stations just like my friends have. They've come up to me. They hand me their cards, and these guys chose to put both on one card. You can do that, or you can put them separately, and I would just simply say something like this. Hey, Mike and Sherry, welcome I see that you're ready to go to your mission field of, of blended families and sharing your struggles and your progress to bring hope to other blended families. And in light of this calling, um, I want to just encourage you and challenge you and send you to that mission field of blended families. May you go in the power of the Holy Spirit and with the blessing of this church. May I anoint you with oil? I take a little vial of oil. looks like this, just a little dab. I send you, Sherry. 
to blended families. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mike, I send you to go be a missionary for God. Surprise the world. God bless you. That's simple. All right? That's simple. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Hey. So here's how it works. Everyone stand to your feet, if you will. Stand to your feet. And as soon as we begin to sing, go to one of these stations, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay? Let's sing together, and then come on. Thanks, guys.